Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Clubhouse Talk. This is going to be a March Madness preview episode. I've got three of my uh, best friends here, three of my college basketball experts. These guys have been watching basketball left and right all year long. So I'm gonna, I brought these guys on to, to share kind of what their thoughts are to help you guys fill out your brackets, help you guys uh, look at some matchups a different way, maybe if you uh, weren't already looking at them that way. So without further ado, I'll let these guys all introduce themselves. My name is Nate from Omaha, Nebraska. Um, big Creighton basketball fan. I'm one of those people that everybody hates here in our region. I'm a Jasker. So I'm a Husker football fan, unfortunately. We stink right now. I'm a Creighton basketball fan. A little bit of the best of the both worlds there. I'm, uh, I'm Brett, kind of similar to Nate. I'm a Jasker. A uh, little bigger little bigger Creighton fan than Nate is, I'd say. Uh, but yeah, uh, Creighton basketball, Nebraska football, all sports, big, big sports guy over here. I'm Raymond Burnell. Go by Ryan. I'm Raymond the third. I am a Mountaineer fan. Everybody hates me for it because I'm from Nebraska, but it is what it is. Yeah. So welcome in, guys. We're uh, we're happy to have you. As you can tell, we we do have a couple of uh, all these guys are from the same area, but we do have Ryan kind of bringing in his his Big Twelve knowledge versus uh, Nate and Nate and Brad, who might have a little bit more Big East knowledge and Big Ten knowledge, and then. Obviously, with me being a huge Tennessee fan, I'm going to do my best to cover you guys on the ACC and SEC. So without further ado, let's let's go ahead and dive on into this, guys. Let's let's kind of start off with going going game by game here. You know, let's let's take a look at the matchup, see what you guys are thinking. I think a few of these we're going to pretty all uh, pretty agree on quickly. But uh, let's go from there. So let's start off with we're going to just work our way, you know, down the bracket as most people see it from the West, starting with uh, Gonzaga, and then they'll play the winner of the first four game of Norfolk and uh, App State. I, I have a feeling that we all are going to agree that Gonzaga will roll in this game. Is it is it safe to say that, guys? For sure. Yeah, For I sure. agree. Gonzaga's number one overall seed. Mark Few's got him playing well. 92 points per game, second in the country. You got Corey Kispert, Drew Timmy, and Jalen Suggs, three-headed monster. That's just that's just a great lineup right there. I don't like the Zags, but it's an easy pick. Yeah, it's good. They're they're a good team. Haven't had a tough test in a while, just due to their conference. But uh, the undisputed number one overall seed, easy pick. Yeah, who you, who you guys got in the uh, playing game? Norfolk State and App, and App State. You guys got a you guys got a favorite? Doesn't matter. It don't doesn't care. Matter. Kylie, what about you? I'll, I'll give give a slight edge to App State here. Um, yeah, I, I I can't say too much about the teams, but I will I will say I've uh, watched a few of App State's games, and just for that reason, I'll, I'll give them the the slight edge here. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Norfolk State here. Second ever second ever appearance. They uh they beat Missouri actually in Omaha. I was at that game. That Kylo Quinn, 15 over two upset. Really? Pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, where, where's what was that? 2012. They're still yeah, riding that momentum like from that. a decade oh, yeah. ago. Oh yeah. <laughs> still, still riding that momentum. Well, we'll see if they can. If they come in and they beat Gonzaga, you want to talk about shock in the world coming and knock off the number one seed overall. But first, they got to get past App State. Yeah, shock the nation, man. Absolutely. Well, I think, like we said, everybody agrees here. Gonzaga first round probably rolls. Second, the second game here. Mud- 
already our first real tough one that I see. Um, Oklahoma, Missouri, really, really two two good teams here from as coming out of the SEC and in, in the Big Twelve. What what do you guys see? Um, yeah, just looking at my notes here, uh, pretty pretty evenly matched teams. Uh, you can really can't really go wrong either way. Um, Missouri started off hot, um, but five and six since February, not not looking great. Uh, Oklahoma's got Austin Reeves, pretty good player, uh, 17 points a game, 50 or five rebounds, four assists. Kid's a beast. Not gonna lie, I've I've hated on Oklahoma the entire year too. You can ask you can ask mm-hmm. Ryan. Mm-hmm. They've kind of fallen off Oklahoma. They're, they've been on a little skid, but I think they pick it up here and beat a decent Missouri team. I think it doesn't really matter either way. Zag's gonna spank them, but. I got Oklahoma. Big deal, yep. baby. I'm in agreement. Oklahoma, even though they may be not as hot of lately, they showed a higher gear, um, I feel like, in some of their big wins earlier in the year. And um, it's March. Anything can happen if they can harness any of that. Um, yeah, I got Sooners. You know, I, both these teams kind of have had a similar season. Both were, were yeah. really hot, hot early on. Um, Missouri was was top 15, I believe, at one point this year. Oklahoma's top 10. Both have really, really struggled coming down the stretch. I'm actually going to give the nod here to uh, the Tigers. I, Typical. Yeah, it's not the SEC bias, but I, I love I love Cedric Tillman. Um, really, really good big man. Missouri's got a couple shooters that can just absolutely pop off. Um, they've gone off both times. They play Tennessee, so I, I see it happening that way. I just I think Missouri I think Missouri's got a little bit of momentum. Played well in the SEC tournament. Uh, I'm, I'm giving my nod to there, but either way, I, I look at this as just about a coin flip game. E- either way you look at it. Yeah. I don't see either of them getting past second round. So yeah. Yeah. He's going to bust your bracket either way. Coming out of the second round, having to face Gonzaga, it's, it's going to be a few rounds before I think Gonzaga really starts getting getting tested by anybody. I think that's got the horses to beat them. Oklahoma falling off like that at the end of the year hurt them awfully having to be an eight seed instead of what they were projected prior was that that's a real bummer. I mean, it wasn't even like they lost to that bad of competition. You lost a couple times to Oklahoma state. You lose to Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was good competition. They were facing and just, they didn't get the wins. Um, looking at the next game. I, I know we, we've got a couple of Jay Huskers on here. Um, Creighton versus UCSB. How are you boys seeing this game come out from from your Creighton side? Yeah, let me uh, let me correct you right there. A little Oscar Martinez. Uh, it's Jasker, not not a Jay Husker. Jasker, Jasker. My bad. But uh, yeah, me and Nate obviously big Creighton fans. Uh, McDermott squad, five starters, all averaging double figures. Um, if they can if they can shoot well, if they can play up to their potential, get hot. They can they can really make some noise. They really need a. Well, they need Zagorowski to play well, and Mitch Ballack, I think of him as their X factor. If he can be aggressive and shoot the ball, Pete, I mean, his name speaks for himself. He's one of three players in major conferences to make over 300 career three-pointers. So he's, he's obviously a great shooter, and he shoots 40% so from three. So, Yep, there's a, then that's, that's great head knowledge. I'll speak a little more from the heart. Here in Omaha, if you ask any Creighton fan, 
the answers of how far they would go could range from a first round upset all the way to the final four um, and start have play some games, you know, at Lucas Oil. Um, they're, they're just so hot and cold from blowing out a Villanova team um, earlier in the year to getting blown out by a mediocre team, even though they're hot right now in Georgetown in the Big East championship game. Um, who knows what can happen? I, I see them getting at least out of the first round here in the second round, um, even though you see Santa Barbara. Um, I know Jay Billis picked them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the Blue Jays here. Another thing that I'll reference a couple times throughout this preview is where the game's being played. This game is being played actually at Lucas Oil. And so a lot of sports bettors say that depth perception uh, throws shooters off when you're playing at a basketball game in those big football stadiums. And so you always tend to bet the unders um, because three-point shooters aren't used to that depth perception, aren't used to that. Um, CenturyLink, where Creighton plays, um, is a bigger arena, but it's nowhere near Lucas Oil Football Stadium. And so that would just be something to see, um, to look at, see how they're, they live and die by the three and seeing if that depth perception of playing, you know, and it almost looks like a boxing arena, you know, things so tiny in that stadium. We'll see if that affects the three-point shooters at all of Creighton. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the hype um, when it comes to Santa Barbara. I know they got a couple good players, but they haven't played a good team all year. They're going to see Creighton, and Creighton's going to catch them. Yeah, UC Santa Barbara hasn't played a single Power Six conference team. Um, kind of hinting at or going along with what Nate said about playing in big gyms. UC Santa Barbara hasn't even seen a gym like CenturyLink playing in the Big West. Um, all of their gyms seem comparable to high school gyms for any of us here. Um, a little Hoosiers, a little Hoosier scenario. Little Hoosiers action. The foot, oh, some of those, the some of those Indiana high schools, tall. some of those Indiana high schools have bigger gyms than these guys. Yeah. And I don't see UC Santa Barbara having a Jimmy Chitwood. So yeah, I think the blue Jays will build bands out of this one. You know, I, I, I really, really like that. Uh, that nugget you dropped in there about playing in a, in a bigger arena. Cause it's, it's so true. Um, I went to, went to the final four a couple of years ago. Uh, the last final four we had in 2019, when it was up in Minneapolis in, uh, obviously I've got a lot of basketball games in my life at university of Tennessee. It is so, so different looking at it where the court and the stands are just pushed 30, 40, 50 feet way back. And it's just, a, it's gotta be really crazy for, for the shooters to try and adjust to that. But I, I'm with you guys here on Creighton. I think that this is actually a really good bounce back opportunity for Creighton after getting rolled and, and kind of just uh, rolling over in, in that, Big East championship game. Once they got down early, they, they really didn't put up much of a fight. So I like them to bounce back here. I watched that Santa Barbara championship game. They, they won their conference championship, but I really wasn't all that impressed with them. I was watching it kind of because I thought Tennessee was going to fall on the spot playing them in the first round. They didn't, but like I said, I, I don't see the hype. I know a few experts, like you said, Jay Billis and a few others I saw on the selection show were, were talking about them as a, as a scary team, but they must be seeing something I don't because I, I don't see them getting past Creighton here. I think this is just too hard of a matchup for them. Um, moving, moving down to the next one, the 413 matchup in the West is Virginia, Ohio. This is, this is really interesting as we don't even know who's going to be playing for Virginia. Um, I saw earlier today where uh, their coach was saying that they're not even going to get to practice until Thursday. All their players are in quarantine right now. Luckily their game's not till Saturday. So they'll get uh, two days of practice in still, but Right now, they're doing nothing. At least teams are out there practicing. Ohio, they're coming in. They're feeling pretty good about themselves. Where, where do you guys see this falling? 
Yeah, come March, you never know what you're going to get with Virginia. You know, the first ever one seed to lose in the first round to, you know, UMBC. And then the next year they follow that up, winning the Natty. And so, you know, they're like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. But this year, um, I just think with all the uncertainties, I'm actually picking the 13 over four upset here. Um, just with that cool story of the Ohio point guard. Um, I, I, I just think that they're hot. They ride that momentum and the uncertainty around Virginia. Um, yeah, that they, that they fall in the first round here in a, our first upset. Yeah. Looking a little analytically, um, Sam Hauser, Virginia's guy. Um, he's another one of those 300 career three point shooters like Mitch Ballack. Um, great shooter. Uh, definitely would translate shooting wise well to the NBA. Um, but as a team, Virginia's bottom of division one for paint play, uh, rebounding is not, not a strength for them. Um, and yeah, I think that COVID pause will honestly, without being able to practice might kind of hurt them. And then Jason Preston for Ohio, kind of like Nate said, their point guard averaging 17, seven and seven, a game is ridiculous. Even if you're playing in the Mac, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go in agreements and say, say Ohio. I'm going to go Ohio too. This is an Ohio team that uh, lost to Illinois by two, by two points, only two points. Um, that just goes to say that they'll put up a fight and I, I see them coming out on top. Man, I, I really hate to make it a four for four here, but I, I'm i with you guys. I just, I really, yes, sir. That, I see that COVID pause being being what, what does Virginia in. I, I like this team. Um, I've watched Virginia play. It's not the same really slow it down, grind you out, Virginia. They, they, they can spread it out and shoot uh, shoot on you a little bit. But I, I think this is just the worst time of the year to come into a COVID pause. And we've seen teams really struggle uh, so far this year when they've come back. And, and frankly, I think just with the unknown of who's going to play and who's not going to play, because we don't even know who's on the list of, of guys that are going to be able to play. So I, I think you've just – I think this is your chance to really to look at an upset here and find it and, and ride it here. You might get burned if they have all their good players, but I'm, I'm kind of taking the flyer that at least somebody important is going to be out for them. So ne- next up, let's we've got a 6-11 matchup, but let's actually start with the – because this is another play-in game here. Wichita State and Drake, a really, really interesting first four game here. I think this will influence kind of where you guys uh, have the matchup coming up against USC. But So let's start with the four, uh, with the uh, – Playing game here. What do you guys see here? Wichita, Drake. Yeah, you got two pretty historic, uh, historic Mo Valley teams. Missouri Valley, Wichita State actually moved from Missouri Valley to the AC, AAC, uh, probably like f- about five years ago. Um, these two teams, I used to growing up going to Creighton games. I used to watch both these two teams all the time. Uh, uh, Wichita State AAC regular season champs over um, Houston. Actually, uh, they got Tyson Etienne. Pretty pretty good score, 17 points per game. But then again, you got Drake kind of ran the table with uh, Loyola over there in the Missouri Valley. Both kind of went head-to-head. Uh, two of their losses actually came to Loyola, who's also a very good team. I think they're about an, I think an eight seed. Yeah, they're but, an eight seed. We're, we're going to get to them. I'm, I'm really curious when we get to them, what you guys yeah. – on your thoughts for them. But. Yeah, I think this this first four matchup, though, is a toss-up for me. We got Drake. I'm going to go Wichita State this one. The Shockers. I also don't think it's going to matter. USC's got arguably the best player in the country and 
when it comes to this time of year. They, Who are you talking about there, Ryan? Evan Mobley? Yes. That's the he's, name. He's, he's a pretty good, pretty good freshman. Pretty kid's a beast. Uh, him and his brother. Be, probably going to be the number brother. two overall pick. Yeah, he is, he is, he is a beast. Um, I will say this. One of the things I'm, I'm really looking forward to with, with this game is you've got uh, Drake's getting their second leading scorer back. Drake's been a team that they were, they were betters uh, darling the first, the beginning of the year, they covered their first, I think it was like 12 games in a row. It, it was insane. They were, they were winning and they were covering, they were winning by double digits every game. And then they went on a massive COVID pause, came back. They lost their leading score. A couple weeks later, they lose their second leading score to injury. Now they get him back coming into this game, and I see that being as their their kind of influence. They haven't played in a week and a half, the not this past Sunday, but the week before. So March the March the seventh was their last game when they played against Loyola Chicago. They played them tough. I like Drake to get it done here in the first four, but I I do agree with Ryan. I think USC is going to be too much to handle there in the sec in the opening round. Yeah, USC's paint play is just insane. They got the Mobley brothers, both of them average, I believe, above 15 points a game. So I, I just don't see either of these two teams having enough firepower down low to, to stop those two guys. Yep, so I, got I like USC. I like USC in that matchup. They're 16 in the BPI rank. I Yeah, I like them. I don't care who advances. I pick Drake, but I don't care who advances. I see the Trojans advancing the, the round of 32. Once it gets into March it, and you get into these kind of matchups – when you've got one player that's just that much better than everybody else on the floor, it, it's a fair guess to to take that guy and, and ride that that one player is going to get it done. So I, I think taking Evan Mobley and USC Trojans here is, is the right call. The next one, I would be surprised if we disagree on this one, but we've got Kansas Eastern Washington in a three fourteen matchup. Any chance you guys see an upset here? I personally don't. I think I think Kansas rolls. No, I'm in agreement there with you. Uh, Kansas is going to be. Uh, down three players who won't travel to Indy initially um, because of their COVID pause during the Big 12 tournament. Um, but they had a great second half of the season. Um, they're at 11 in the net rankings. Pretty defensive-minded team. Miles Garrett, that guy is one of the best defensive guards in the country. Um, yeah, I just don't see Eastern Washington being able to pull this out. Yeah, Miles Garrett, pretty good DN for the Browns too. But yeah, I like, I like Jayhawks. I like Jayhawks winning big. Uh, here in the first round, that's it. What's their guard's name? I messed that up. Marcus. No, it's great. Marcus. Marcus Gary. Marcus Gary. That guy there will absolutely. Go. That guy will absolutely pick your pocket left and right. Yeah, I think uh, that this is an easy pick. Easy, easy pick. I was gonna say this. This is one of those that if if Kansas loses, you will not be alone in, in getting your bracket busted. Yeah. This this is one that no no real person is is calling here so i'll be curious to see how uh ku plays the rest of the way though with with all this covid stuff going on i think it's gonna have i guess i can't really say i think it's gonna have a big effect i have no idea how it's gonna affect anybody but it's gonna be a, a weird a weird tournament seeing how this all plays out with the covid absolutely this is this is a bracket unlike any other um, in, in the year 2021, like, like everything else. So it's honestly, this is going to take a little bit of luck for you, for your picks and your teams to get through this, because as everybody's learned in the last year, it, the world is unpredictable. Um, next up, we've got, I think a, a pretty, pretty interesting matchup here of Oregon VCU in the seven ten matchup here in the West. Uh, I see, I see Oregon getting, getting it done here. They've been 
kind of a streaky team up and down. I, I just think that they've got better talent on the floor. I think they've got some, some players that in the future might be some NBA talent. VCU, I think has had a good season, but I just don't know if they've got the horses to get it done here. What do you guys see? Yeah. Oregon head coach, Dana Altman used to be a, uh, used to be a Creighton Blue Jay used to be a Creighton coach. So um, obviously there's a little tie there, but uh, they obviously had a good guard, Chris Durate. He was a uh, third team All-American announced today. Um, but VCU's guard play, I, guard play is so important to me in the tournament. Uh, and they got a great one. Deshaun Highland, uh, one of the best kept secrets in, in college basketball this year. 19, 19 point po- point four points per game this year on 45% shooting from three. That's, that's, that's just going to be tough to come by. So you got VCU actually. I got VCU in this game, actually. Me too. I don't like. I got Oregon. I'm sorry. I just there's only a couple teams in the Pac-12 that I'll uh, give my 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 head a nod and say, "All right, fine." But Oregon's not one of them. I got Oregon. I'm riding with the Ducks. I think Dana Altman's gonna have his boys ready. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm riding with them. Here we go. Split two to two right there. Bad as bad as I seem, probably most people will be these those seven tens, eight nines are always the toughest ones to pick. I mean, those are the most evenly matched teams that you're going to get. So uh, then we're then we're going to look here. I'm going to guess another one we agree on pretty handedly: Iowa Grand Canyon. Uh, I see the I see the Hawkeyes just blowing them out. I watch Grand Canyon play. They're they're a nice story. That's I think this is their first trip ever to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, great for them. Luca Garza is going to go off. That guy's player of the year. Um, yeah, I, beast. I, I just, I don't see them hanging within 20 of them. Yeah. I was got Luka Garza, one of the best players in the country, obviously. And then a supporting cast of sharpshooters, um, team honestly lacks defense. Uh, I think I have them in, in my final four, but, uh, GCU, little, little nugget on GCU. They, uh, their home stadium gets rocking. One of the best student sections in the country. Um, but in these times, man, students honestly aren't going to make that big of a, a difference, especially being in the tournament. Um, so, yeah, I got Iowa. Yeah, Luca eats inside, three-pointers, supporting him on the outside. Yeah, Iowa, big. Hawkeyes roll. All right, next up, we've got uh, Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southerns in the playing game versus Michigan in a 116 matchup. Looking to the East region here, um, I even – you know, it, even without Michigan, what is it? Jordan Poole, what's their – who's their player that's out, Brett? Isaiah Livers. Isaiah Livers. Livers. Jordan Poole was yep. years before. Um, Livers, even with Livers out, I think that uh, Michigan's going to roll here whoever they play. This is – neither one of these teams is going to be equipped to to keep up with no. Michigan here. But I think we can all agree here. There's no one sixteen magic coming up on this matchup. Nope. No. Juwan Howard's going to have his boys ready to play as livers, even though he's out. They got Hunter Dickinson, one of the best freshmen in the country. Um, and then Franz Wagner, Mike Smith, Eli Brooks, all those players can step up and hopefully for the, for the, for the blue um, pick up where livers left off. Surprisingly, I watched Texas Southern a lot in their conference tournament, but I like the team a lot, but Michigan's just, Gonna roll too much yeah, to handle. Texas Southern's hot right now, fourteen and one since January twenty third. Yep. Only losses. I love them, but I love two them, but to I... Prairie View and Prairie View A&M. Can't get but, it. Yeah. Michigan, one of the best teams in the country. 
I, w- I will say Michigan's probably in we'll dive in this maybe a little bit further, but I think Michigan, it, it, they are probably the weakest number one out of all the number ones, but yeah, I, I just, I don't see this happening here. So we'll move on to the eight, nine matchup. It's just, I think this is a absolute atrocity that LSU is an eight uh, facing St. Bonaventure, the Bonnies in the nine, uh, in the nine seat there, but LSU is so gross, uh, grossly underrated here. Um, yeah, they, they should have been a, a six or seven at the very least a seven. I can't believe Florida got a seven um, and they got an eight, but I, I see LSU taking down the body. See LSU's playing a lot, really, really good ball right now. They can, they've got three guys that can drop 20 on you. They'll run you up and down the floor. I, I see him getting it done. Yeah. Cam Thomas, Cam Thomas for LSU. It's one of them diaper dandies. One of the freshmen, one of the great freshmen in this country this year, 22.8 points per game, high scoring offense. A little up and down season, but I love I love LSU. Go Tigers! <laughs> well, That's all I have to say. Yes, sir. Go Tigers, Coach Joe. Here we go. Yep, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, Cam Cam Thomas. He's he's a beast, and uh, yeah, fun to watch. And um, yeah, I got I, I like LSU in this game. Well, fun fact here: Cam Thomas is the uh, all-time leading scorer at uh, Oak Hill Academy. You know, he only played there two years. All-time hmm. leading scorer, pretty impressive. That is. It is extremely impressive. You got you got here, Ryan. I got LSU, easy. I will say I, I want to pick your guys' brain now while we're on the topic. What are your chances that LSU knock off Michigan here in the second round? I I, I could see it. That's all I gotta say. I could see it. Michigan's too much, even without livers. We'll dig into that more as the show goes on, but that could be one of my picks for a later topic. That's that is a really intriguing matchup on the on the second round there of a of a top seed getting like I said just they they get even more shafted than LSU did having to face pause, potentially face that team here in the second round early on. Uh looking at the 512, you've got the Colorado Buffaloes uh after losing in the Pac-12 championship game to a red hot Oregon State team and Georgetown who comes in I wasn't supposed to do anything and goes in and walks her way through the Big East tournament and, and steals a, steals a bid. So what do you guys see happening here? Another one of those five twelve matchups. I got Colorado. Big East is down this year. Vill- Villanova loses their top guy. I mean, it was impressive. Yes. But I, I don't see Georgetown making any ruckus. Yeah, I got, I got, uh, I got buffs. I, I mean, they're 17th in the BPI. Kylie, I know they beat your Vols um, this year. Um, I, I, I think they're going to be legit. Um, they're one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country. They play great defense. Uh, I have them winning over Georgetown. Their luck is going to run out, and Patrick Ewing um, can go worry about getting back into the Madison Square Garden. I got to correct you. Now, we beat them, but they actually are – Their uh, Colorado is on pace to be – the greatest free throw shooting team of all time in NCAA history. Uh, right now, they currently have the record if they can hold on, uh, depending on how they play in this last game. But I think they're shooting as a team over 83% from the free throw strike, which is That's just crazy. ridiculous. That is nuts. They did beat USC three times. That's that's not an easy assignment. No, they play good, good hard-nosed basketball. They shoot well. Um, I, I see them getting it done. I, I'm not buying the Georgetown hype personally. I think that it's a really great story, Patrick Ewing and the boys, but I, I think this is where their road comes to an end. Brett, let's I got, hear it. I got Georgetown here. I'm going to go against the grain. I got Georgetown. Uh, 
bid steal out of the Big East. Um, beat Creighton by pretty handily. Um, I know I might have a little bit biased, Big East bias here, but uh, led by legend Patrick Ewing. Uh, they got a young team, Javon Blair averaging 16 points per game. Lots of streaky shooters, but they're pretty scrappy. Uh, I, I just see them getting it done. Uh, who's, pa- who's Patrick Ewing? <laughs> I, I work at the Madison Square Garden. Who's Patrick Ewing? <laughs> Push for the New York Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will say Georgetown, fun fact, I don't know if even you know this, Brett, but everyone wants to say Creighton's probably the best three-point shooting team in the Big East. Actually, it's Georgetown. So they, they shoot the ball well, and they, they do play hard, but I, I just think – I think the uh, Cinderella story comes to an end here for, for Georgetown. Se- uh, in the 4-13 matchup, we're looking at Florida State and North Carolina Green- uh, Greensboro. Yeah, Florida State. They got a deep bench. They played 12 players deep on occasion. Uh, they get MJ Walker shooting 44% from three. Um, yeah, I, I, got, I got them. I, I don't know a ton about UNC Greensboro. Um, they got Isaiah Miller, 19 points per game underrated guard prospect for the NBA, but I just don't see them having enough firepower to keep up with Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh. Too long. Seminoles. Too long, too athletic. UNC Greensboro won't be able to handle it. Nope, I I, I don't see it either. I, Florida State's a really, really good team. Um, I think they can, they can make a run here, but I just – I don't see them falling – this early on uh probably the the best first form matchup that we're looking at here is that michigan state ucla matchup which i wonder if that's going to influence your pick on this byu game so let's start with the first four there on on that uh michigan state ucla where do you guys see that going yeah michigan state got a hall of famer coach tom Izzo, uh defensive minded team they work hard um beat michigan towards the end of the season and they got josh langford leading them uh, amazing rebounding guard. And then UCLA, Tiger Campbell and Johnny, Ju- Johnny Juzung, uh, deadly backcourt duo. They fly around the court, play hard defense. Uh, they cooled off towards the end of the season, but um, I think personally, whichever team comes out of that game, I think will be BYU. Did you watch um, BYU play? I did. Against Gonzaga? I did. I did, yeah. They got, they got Matt Harms and uh, – Alex Barcelo, uh, both transfers, but I just, I just, I can't, I can't pick those uh, West Coast Conference teams. I just, they're just untested, man. Yeah, Brett, I'm with you. I like Sparty out of the first round, um, but even then, I don't, I don't know, I don't care Sparty or UCLA. I got him, I got him advancing. I got the 11 over six upset here. Um, no matter who get, makes it out of the first four games here, but uh, yeah, I got, I got Sparty um, winning the first four game and. Uh, Tom Izzo leading a squad in the second round. UCLA is one of those teams in the Pac-12, like I said earlier. I just don't have any respect for the Pac-12 right now. Um, I see Michigan State beating UCLA, but I see BYU advancing. They've, you could say they're untested, but I mean, they've played the number one team in the country twice, and they almost beat them the second time, where they're they're heading that way until. Gonzaga finally decided to rein it in, but I got BYU beating Michigan State. I, I've got Michigan State in, in that first four as well. I think that Tom Enzo is going to get the boys ready. They've been a, they start off really, really slow. They, they 
they really picked it up as the season went on, kind of had an early exit in the Big Ten tournament much earlier than I think a lot of people expected. But, man, that BYU matchups, it's tough. BYU's played, like you said, they play Gonzaga really well. Uh, they, they can score. Absolute, they can absolutely score. But I'm, I'm going to go with the tournament prowess here, and I'm going to give the edge to Tom Izzo in the tournament. I, I, when a game's this tight, i got to find an edge somewhere, and I'm going to give it to the coaching edge in Tom Izzo. Um, looking, looking at Texas Abilene Christian in the three fourteen. After that, um, anybody here see Abilene hanging around with Texas? I do not. Uh, Texas, pretty good team, riding a six game win streak, Big Twelve championship, and uh, they got Andrew Jones, which is probably the coolest story in all of college basketball. If you guys, for those of you who don't know, uh, Andrew Jones was diagnosed with cancer, and uh, came back and. Back to back to hundred percent and leading his yeah, team he, to Big Twelve. It's a pretty cool story. He actually hit. I don't even like to say this because it makes me cry sometimes, but he hit a buzzer beater against West Virginia on his anniversary of beating Leukemia. So that was actually really awesome, but sad at the same time. Um, it's a really cool story. Texas is too much. Yeah, Andrew Jones used to be a good player for the Braves back in the day too, Kylie, huh? Heck yeah, he was. <laughs> absolutely one of the best center fielders. Underrated. Needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, him him and yeah, him and Chipper Jones back in the day. The Jones bros. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I I like I like Texas. Hook him. Hook him. Give me give me give me Shaka Smart. That guy is really coaching and coaching his boys well. Awesome. I, I don't see I don't see Abilene hanging in. Texas is rolling right now. They're, they're a scary team to play. Uh, next up, you've got UConn, Maryland in a 7-10 that, frankly, I know I said earlier that 7-10s, 8-9s are the toughest ones. I think this one's a no-brainer. I've got UConn all the way. Guard play. UConn is playing their best basketball of the year right now. Their guards are fantastic. Maryland is an extremely, extremely shooting, uh, or streaky team. They like to go on a lot of runs, both good and bad runs. Uh, on their team, they'll go up and they'll start a game 12, nothing. Next thing you know, they're going to be down 20 to 12. So they're that type of team. I don't trust that volatility in March. I'm going to give it to UConn. UConn. I'm going, I'm going Terps. I'm going Terps. I'm going Terps. Um, I, I, I just think that they, you know, yeah, they lost to Michigan three times, but they've beaten Illinois. And so they've, face much stiffer competition than UConn has this year. I know UConn's got both night. We can fill it up in a hurry. Um, but I, I just think Maryland um, will we'll pull this one out. Yeah, I got UConn here. Uh, Danny Hurley, great coach. Um, they also have one of the best guards in the country, uh, James Buchnight. Uh, and I think in the tournament especially, guard play is so important. And I see Buchnight having a Kemba or Carmelo-like tournament, making a deep run. They're, they are a scary scary team at a seven um yeah i just marsh is all about guard play and i'm gonna i'm gonna give the nod there i just like i said i don't trust the volatility um give me the team that's playing their best ball of the year right now so give me give me the uh give me the huskies next up in the 215 uh this is going to be an absolute route bama iona any chance iona stays with bama no you got a great coaching matchup here though nate oats and rick patino Rick probably, a lot of, probably a lot of f bombs dropped on the dropped on the sidelines here, but uh, 
get his fifth team to the NCAA tournament tied for most as a coach. Um, I will say fun, really weird historical fact that the first time Rick Pitino made in the tournament, he knocked off Alabama in the first round in a huge upset. So maybe there's a little bit of a historical nature there. I don't know, but even Rick Pitino in his interviews on the selection show, it was, it was pretty funny to see how, how honest and candid he was. He's like, we know what we're going up against. He's like, I'm not, they were trying to ask him the same question about is, do you think there's any, any Bama magic of, you know, getting the same team. And he's like, I, I know what's ahead of us. Our boys are happy to be there. So Rick's not even giving his team much of a shot. Bama rolls. Roll tide. Roll. Yeah. Roll tide, you know, and to make matters even worse for Iona, uh, this game is being played in Hinkle Fieldhouse, um, small arena there in Butler. And when the NBA was in the bubble, Damian Lillard said, you're going to see the shooters go off because the arena feels so small it feels like you're playing in a high school gym and so like the opposite effect of what we talked about with lucas oil earlier um alabama they love to run the arena is going to feel small they may score a million points against the poor rick patino squad on the other side yeah they're missing josh primo but throw the three guards shackford petty and quinterly they're going to get it done i like bama that team's a, that team is a tough. They're number one in the net uh, when it comes to or the, when the in the Ken Palm defensive rankings. That they will not only will they light you up from three. They it's at a three dunk and then they play hard hard nose defense. This is going to be a tough team to oust um, from this tournament. I've got like I said, I got the I got the tide moving on here. Uh, moving over to the South Region, starting with Baylor Hartford once again. I assume that we can all fair agree that Baylor will roll. Baylor. Go Bears. Chip and, go, Chip and Joanna. They're going to make them proud. Yes, Wake up. Baylor, Baylor's been one of the hottest teams in the country this year. Uh, Jamari Butler and Ryan, how do you say Teague's first name? Masio. Masio. Yeah, they got some Masio. of the best guards in the country. Is Masio, what I think it is. They got some of the best guards in the country. Uh 84 points per game. Mm-hmm. Hartford's not going to be able to keep up with that. They're nope. 300, 325th in points per game in the country. So, Absolutely. Really bad matchup. Really bad matchup. Um, I've got – and then we look at the 8-9, and I this is my favorite game in the entire first-round matchup. I don't know about you guys, but you've got UNC Wisconsin. Absolute fantastic game here. Uh, where on earth do you guys see this going? Because I, I've yet to really come to much of a conclusion myself. Yeah, UNC is my favorite eight seed. They had a pretty up and down season, found their groove towards the end. They got four guys that are 6'9, 240. Physically dominant, and they're going to dominate Wisconsin. Dominate. Dominate. Big call there. Big. You no, know, I, yeah, I, I, I loved UNC at the end of the year watching those big fellas work inside, but um, I'm going with the Badgers here. I, I, I just think that they face different competition throughout the year. Um, and they love to slow the pace down as well. Play solid defense. Um, I got, uh, yeah, Scotty moving to the second round. Yeah, Nate, I don't know if you knew this. Wisconsin's only wins in the second half of the season are Penn State, Northwestern, and Nebraska. So they have not, oh. they have not won a meaningful game in quite some time. That is bad. Although they did play – they played Iowa really tough twice. Um, so say that as you will. Uh, they've got – They've got a really, really good uh, guard on their team as well. Um, I think if they're going to advance, they're going to need him to to go off. But 
UNC is playing their best ball of the year right now yeah. for a little while. We were a lot of people that were thinking you, they weren't even going to make the tourney. And then they came on strong, beating FSU, uh, rolling Duke at the end of the year, making making a good run. I, I see UNC probably edging this one out just just barely. I got UNC. I will say, though, this is one of those that either either team wins. No surprise coming from me. Wisconsin hasn't been able to get over their hump. I just Michigan, two L's, Illinois, two L's, Iowa, three L's, Ohio State, an L. I mean, they, they haven't been able to get over the hump, and I don't think they get over hump here. Here's where uh, this next game, looking at it, is probably where I think everybody's favorite uh, 12-5 uh, upset might be coming in, and that is Winthrop versus Nova. As you guys talked about earlier, Nova's down, what are they, under the third-string point guard now, and Winthrop's coming in. I think they're like 17-1 in their last 18 games. They're playing hot. Uh, what do you guys see here? Do you guys you guys following with kind of the public the public eye on this one and, and calling for the upset? I'd like to see it. Winthrop hasn't really played anybody, but I'm still going to go with Winthrop. With Villanova or Winthrop? Winthrop. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. I got uh, I got Winthrop. Uh, ran the table in their conference, 23 and one overall. Top 40, top 40 scoring offense. Uh, they got a veteran team, and Villanova being down so many guards and Colin Gillespie, All American guard. Uh, I just don't see Jay Rice boys getting it done. Yeah, when Gillespie went down, so did the spirit of the Wildcats. They, they, they haven't looked like the same team since. Um, yeah, I, I got Winthrop. It's really unfortunate. That was a, that was a really good team there early on. Um, injuries just did them in for their season. It's unfortunate to lose lose that way. But, yeah, I see their, see their season coming to end very much so limping into the finish line here. Um, so we've got, we've got four here calling for the 12-5 upset. Winthrop, book it on your bracket, boys. Um, next up you got Purdue, North Texas. I, I don't see much of a chance here in North Texas. I watched them play in their championship game in the conference USA. They, they start off on a 17 0 run. They were winning by 11 at halftime. They proceeded to score seven points in the next 15 minutes of the second half or the first 15 minutes of the second half of their conference championship game. They went down by seven and then they had to score seven in the last three and a half minutes while allowing zero points to just to go to overtime and then barely limp through overtime. It was one of the ugliest basketball games I've ever watched in my life. I see no chance of getting through Purdue. Yeah, this is, this is an easy one. I don't like Purdue, but North Texas is not enough. Yeah. Um, when you're no, when your mascot name is known for a famous football player, um, the mean green, mean Joe green. You're not known for anything basketball or anything for that matter ever since. Uh, yeah. Boiler up big time. Yeah. I got Purdue here too. Uh, they always got a big guy in the paint, big ugly guy in the paint. Uh, I just don't see North Texas being able to beat, beat them. I don't know what, what that guy's name is, but I do know Purdue's got some guy that's just, I mean, he's like a human cheat code. He's like one of those guys you build on a video games that way. So he's just bigger than everybody. He's like <laughs> seven, he's like seven to two eighty. It's just, it's not even fair watching him play. Yeah. He's huge. Man's 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 a, man's a mongoloid. Absolutely. I think he's a freshman too. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I yeah, I've got Purdue. Uh, next up, you've got the Texas tech red Raiders in Utah state. This is, 
this is one where I think a few people see a six eleven upset popping mm-hmm. in, but but what do you guys see here? I, I'm going to take Texas Tech here in this one. I, I love Matt McClung. Um, I think he's going to get it done, but there there's a lot of people calling for this this upset. Where do you guys boys? Where do you boys go? Brett, I see you. I see you over there. Yeah, one word, Matt yeah. McClung. Uh, mixtape legend. That's that's all I got to say. Texas Tech. I I got Texas Tech too, but it's going to be an interesting game. They got Utah State's got a big man, seven footer. So. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to go, but I got Texas Tech still. I know how that's going to go. Ain't no way the seven-footers guarding white boy with handles, Mac McClung, Red Raiders to the second round. Guns up, boys. Red Raiders moving on. Yeah, Utah, uh, State's, uh, maybe. Utah State's leading scorers are center. So, tourney play, not looking at my center for scoring. So, yeah. I mean, he is seven McClung. foot, so. I don't care. <laughs> In agreeance on that one, moving on to Arkansas Colgate. I think this is going to be first one to 100 wins in this game. I mean, these two teams might, by the end of this game, make it look like an NBA scoreline by the end of it. This is going to be this is going to be a blast if you like points uh, with this Arkansas Colgate matchup. But I do got the Razorbacks moving on um, myself. Where do, where do you guys see this going? Yeah, I think this is going to be a pretty interesting game. Uh, Colgate's been top 10, I believe, in the net this year. Um, only losses to army, uh, third, third highest scoring team in the country, like you said. Uh, but I think as it come out of physicality, which I give the nod to Arkansas. Yeah. Colgate, they haven't played anybody in the top 75 in the net though. And I mean, they've only played 15 games, not quite battle tested Arkansas. They may score a million. Yeah. It, Arkansas easy. Colgate hasn't played anybody. I I don't see it. I haven't watched Colgate play, but we'll see. I, know, I know they dropped like 105 in their conference tournament on some team, um, and Colgate did. But aside from a really, really bad shooting night for Arkansas, I, I don't see this. Fly, I don't see this uh, going down as an upset, and I see Arkansas moving on. Going on to the seven ten matchup in the South, you got Florida Virginia Tech, and I alluded to it earlier. I think Florida is completely overrated at a seven. Um, I, I can't, I might, I'll probably go into this now. If Omar Payne plays for Florida, I'm going to absolutely lose my mind. As long as John Fulkerson is not, is out for Tennessee, Omar Payne needs to be out for Florida. That was the dirtiest play in college basketball and that I've seen in absolute years. He gave, he gave Folky a nice little elbow on his way down yeah. and then realized that he didn't get a good enough connection. So he turned around and he gave him a second elbow for good and basically gave him a UFC knockout blow and folky who knows how long we're going to be out without him, but absolutely dirty play. Not only do I hate Florida, I don't like this matchup for Florida. I think Virginia tech's a better team. I think Florida should have been probably a 10 themselves. So I'm, I'm giving the nod to the Hokies. Yeah, Virginia Tech actually had a COVID pause not too long ago either, so they should have fresh legs. Um, they don't have many, not many impressive wins, and they had a really bad loss by 20 to Penn State. Uh, so I'm going to give the nod here to Trey Mann and the Florida Gators. I don't like Florida. I think I'm with you, Kylie. I think they're overrated. Um, both these teams are some of the most inconsistent teams right now. Um, I got Vatek. I don't like either team, but I'll take Vatek. Nope. Yep. Don't like either team. 
Both teams have stunk this year at different points, throwing the dart at the dartboard. We'll go, we're going Hokies. There you go. Anything but Gators. Sorry, Brett. Um, next up, Ohio State, Oral Roberts, Ohio State, Buckeyes roll. Yep, State. Yeah, but I don't have much to say about this. Ohio State over Oral Roberts easy. Yep, Buckeyes. All right, next up you got – now we're in the last region here, the Midwest, which the orange team region, uh, as, as you could call it. There's six teams or five teams with uh, orange as their primary color. Uh, starting off with Illinois, the one seed against Drexel. Uh, I, I see Osamu and Illinois just rolling here. Yeah, Drexel had a little bit of a Cinderella themselves. Uh, six seed in their conference. Scraped their way into the tournament, but Illinois – what can I say? Ayodisumu, Kofi Coburn, Corbello, Frazier, Adam Miller, just a fantastic group of guys. Uh, Ayodisumu, in my opinion, is the best player in the country. Um, 21 points, five uh, assists, six rebounds a game. Uh, that, that man's crazy. And if he's wearing that black mask he's been wearing, no one's beating them. This Batman mask. It is an easy pick, Illinois. Yeah, this is one where you just you, you you don't even need to watch it. You just kind of want to turn away. It's kind of like watching a car accident. You just it's but you just kind of want to watch it to see how bad it gets. Yeah, <laughs> Illinois big. I love it. Uh, moving on to the probably my second favorite game in in just intrigue factor here. Loyola Chicago Georgia Tech Tech coming off when coming hot down the stretch goes through. They win the ACC tournament. They do get a little bit of a of a break with not having to play Virginia in the in the semis with them. Again, their COVID pause, but they end up knocking off Florida State in the finals. Where do where do you guys see this game falling? Sister Jean and, and Georgia Tech. I yeah. love this game. The most electric matchup, potentially of the whole tournament. You have Josh Pastner, Georgia Tech coach, face shield wearing, motivational <laughs> voicemail box message having, <laughs> electric factory. Versus Sister Jean, 101-year-old supporter, fresh off her Fauci ouchie. She's vaccinated. She's going to be at the games. We, we, we thought this was her last run a couple years ago in Loyal. <laughs> made that run, but she made it to another. Oh, Sister Jean, ride the mow. Loyola to the second round. Not, yeah. only, not only is she 101 years old, dude. I just saw her on ESPN, and she functions better than me. <laughs> she is awesome. I was like, uh, what? You're 101 years old? Mm, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I hate, I hate to bring down the vibes here, but Loyola is the most overhyped team in the country. Sister Jean's an awesome story, but she's made them four seeds higher than they should be, in my opinion. Uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech got hot at the right time. They're seen as somewhat of a bubble team, but they won the ACC. Not a tough or not, a, not an easy conference to win. And Moses Wright, that guy's one of the most electrifying forwards in all of basketball. ACC player of the year. Really, really good story. That guy was when he first came in to Georgia Tech, uh, came in, played a couple minutes in his first game. Coach took him out of the game, told the assistant coaches, if you don't fix that guy, he's not going to be playing here wrong, long. And now look at him. He's ACC player of the year. Um, I, I've got Tech getting it done. I think they're going to ride the momentum. I I really don't want to see Sister Jean and this is Tennessee's side of the bracket. I hope they come out early. Really, really bad vibes from 2018 when they knocked out Tennessee in their darling run to the Final Four. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna ride the rambling wreck. And, and Nate, I just gotta say that was 
that was the pick of the pick of the podcast right there. That was fantastic. Thank you. That was good. Hey, stuff. I'm just trying to I'm trying to channel my inner uh, Josh Pastor. You know, he's a motivational speaker after all. Um, I'm just missing the face shield. True that. All right. Next up, we've got the five twelve Tennessee Oregon State. You've got the Volunteers, obviously, as as I know. Near and dear, they uh, they have been hot and cold. We started off the year extremely well. They was 12-1 and one going into January. We were top five in the nation, proceeded to finish off the year 9-8, and eight, really couldn't win any back-to-back games, uh, played played better down the stretch, got a, got a week off before the Florida game the last week of the year, played really good in that game, come back, we beat Florida in the, in the quarters, played Bama super tough, we're up 15 in the second half, had a little bit of a mental implosion, uh, turnovers, refs didn't help us, lost that game. I, I like this bounce back spot. I was really upset when I saw Oregon State at first. Honestly, my reaction w- was not good with Oregon State coming in hot, winning their tournament. But they're the they're the worst ranked net uh, team when it comes to a power six or power five team. And I, I just don't think this is a very good matchup. Oregon State's coach said when they were he said he didn't know much about Tennessee, but he hopes that he can get on a run on us because their half court offense is not good. And that is not good when you're playing Tennessee because Tennessee's defense is all we've got going for us. Our offense is inconsistent as can be. So I've got the volunteers moving on. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of research on Tennessee. I haven't watched them much all this year. Uh, but Oregon State, they're, a, they're one of those meh teams. They got hot at the right time, but I just don't see them beating Tennessee. Yeah, not, not I don't think it's going to even be close. At Tennessee. Yep. I'm with you. No 12-5 upset here. Go Vols. Go Vols. Here we go, boys. All right. Moving on to Oklahoma State Liberty. Uh, I, I, there, there are some people that see this going complete blowout, and there's some people calling for the upset. Uh, curious what you guys see here. Kate Cunningham and, and the Cowboys, who for a while didn't even know they were going to be in the tournament, and here they are. And so facing Liberty, what do you guys see? Yeah, Oklahoma State with with Likely and Cade Cunningham, who's going to be the first overall pick in the NBA draft. Uh, they could make some noise deep into the tournament. Um, and I, like I've said before, I think guard plays huge in the tournament, and they have the best one. So I like them over Liberty. Yeah, I don't see Liberty even standing a chance. Oklahoma State's got the best player in the country, without a doubt. There's no way. Yep, big players make big plays and big games. That's why Gronk scored two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. That's why LeBron goes off in the finals. Kate Cunningham, when the lights come on, stars come out, he's going to douse the flames of Liberty. I will say, I, I think that this is a potential. I'm not calling for it. I've got Oklahoma State moving on, but this game, this game could be a lot closer than a lot of people think. Liberty plays a tough, tough style of defense, a Virginia style of play. Their coach uh, li- uh, learned under Tony Bennett there in Virginia. Uh, they play they play hard nose. Oklahoma State's a young team. Young teams tend to not have success in March. Sometimes youth, you know, has some ignorance with it, and that might help you. I think in in this case, it could hurt. I I see this sticking around for a while, but we'll see. Um, I think. I think Oklahoma State could have been a three seed. I think they're probably the hottest team other than Illinois coming in right now. I They got the Boone brothers, likely best player in the country, Kate Cunningham. I, I got them, sadly, over your Vols next, next round as well. 
I think we I have a. I think we've got the athletic matchup in uh, in Epons and Josiah Jordan James to fight with Cade Cunningham. I think it's going to be a really tough matchup for us. Um, but I, we've got a we've got a fighting we've got a puncher's punch uh, puncher's chance in that in that fight. So we'll see. Um, moving on to San Diego State and Syracuse. I think a lot of people are going to be. Obviously, that six eleven matchup is is a lot of big upset calls, and I think people might stick with the big name program of Syracuse. But I've actually got the Aztecs winning this game. I think Syracuse. I don't think this is really the best. Uh, this isn't that good of a team that Jim Boheim has up there in Syracuse, and and I don't see him getting it done. Yeah, San Diego State hasn't lost since January sixteenth. They're on fire, but I got Syracuse here, coached by a Hall of Famer and his son Buddy. Uh, sounds like something straight out of a uh, straight out of Elf, but uh, they got some good they got some good players. Joe Girard, their point guard, is actually a four four thousand five hundred career point scorer in high school. It's a lot of points. I think they could make a deep run. I got That's the cues as well. I don't really know much about San Diego State, but I got I got the cues. They're playing pretty well right now. I'm going with the cues. Yeah, I got Jim Beheim and his son Buddy. His son, not grandson. I've been wrong on that many times this year. <laughs> that dude is old and his crooked glasses. They're always crooked. I don't know what's wrong with them. They, they sit wrong on his face or something. But poor guy, get the guy some straight glasses. They advance. He can see his one through one defense well still, so they advance in the second round. All right, I'm out on my own on that one, but I've got the Aztecs. Um, West Virginia, Moorhead State. I would like to think that we all have got West Virginia here moving on, but I'm going to let – Ryan, go into in depth on what he sees from his Mountaineers coming in. Uh, I really don't like where we're sitting right now. Um, Morehead State, easy win, but we we kind of fell off a little bit at the end of the year. Um, was hoping for a lot more in in the Big Twelve tournament, but caught Oklahoma State twice, dropped from a potential two seed to a four seed. Um, really surprised we got the three seed here, uh, but I think it should have been the other way around. Oklahoma State and West Virginia, me personally, it should. I thought that was I thought that was one of the uh, big mistakes of, of the yep. seeding. Yep. I'll just be honest with you. I, I thought that as well. Um, Oklahoma State definitely should have been the three seed. West Virginia definitely should have been the four seed. But I'm not complaining. We got a chance, baby. What you smiling about over there, Brad? What do you, what do you got here? What nuggets you got for this game? I'm going to have to go with uh, Moorhead State. West Are Virginia you? is just a pretty underwhelming team to me. Now I'm playing. Uh, Moorhead <laughs> State is the under, underwhelming team. They're not going to have enough firepower to keep up with West Virginia. Uh, Bob Huggins always got his boys right. Uh, and his hair, dude. Give me the nears. Yeah, I'm riding with the Huggy Bear. I mean, Moorhead State, they like to play. Just the little research I've done, they like to play through the posts. They have a stud down low, but that's West Virginia's specialty. I mean, that, that's that's where they live and die in the paint. Um, they, they're going to beat them up. I got I got Mountaineers, potentially very big. Yeah, I, I'm with you. We're Let's go to the 7-10 matchup. Clemson-Rutgers. Um, Nate, I know we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but I've got – I do have Clemson moving on here, but I know you had a, an interesting little nugget you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I mean, like you said, in these 7-10, 8-9 kind of somewhat toss-up games, um, I usually just like to ride with a team that had the tougher road to get there. Um, Rutgers, yeah, their record 15-11, you know, the 45 in the BPI, they just look like this average team. 
Um, but who they've gone up to bat with, you know, they played Illinois twice, Michigan once, Iowa twice, Ohio State twice. Um, these are some big dogs that they've been going up against. And um, Clemson, unfortunately, has not had that same road to the to the to March. And so, yeah, I, I like the Scarlet Knights here um, just because of the resume and that uh, they're not going to be afraid of Clemson. I think this Clemson team has been overhyped all year. Um, this might be some Big Ten bias, but. Uh, I think Rutgers. Rutgers will get it done. Clemson's overhyped, but they beat Bama. Hey, man. <laughs> Call how I see it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I still got Clemson. You got to open your eyes better there, Brad. It's going to be Clemson Tigers. They got they got the uh, – I do I, for the life of me, I cannot think of his name right now. They do have a really kind of tall, athletic uh, big man down low. I know it's March is all about – Guard play, but I think these two teams come in pretty evenly matched. I think that Clemson's got the best player on the floor, so I'm going to stick with the, the Tigers on this one. Trevor Lawrence. That's that's the name you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the name I'm looking for there. Trevor Lawrence factor. Go, go Tigers. No. Um, yeah, if we're playing football here, I'd definitely take Clemson, but uh, Ruggers. Scarlet Knights. All right, last up, once again, I'm assuming Blah to finish this one off, Houston-Cleveland State. Yeah, I got Houston, but I also got Clemson beating Houston. Ooh. In my opinion, Clemson's Clemson or Houston's another one of those overhyped teams, but yep. Cleveland State plays in the Horizon League. They're they're not gonna be. And a nice story this they're year. They're not gonna be there. Real nice story this year, but won a lot of people some money. Really good against the spread record, but uh, not not gonna get it done here in March <laughs> to, to win. Yeah, Houston, I mean, I, yeah, they're third in the BPI. And, I mean, they have a 20, close to a 20-point um, point differential throughout the entire season. Um, but then again, yeah, they haven't played anybody. So it's just one of those teams that we see every year that how good are they. And we'll see come this weekend. But uh, not this weekend, their second-round game because they're going to blow the doors off Cleveland State. Absolutely. Um, now let's let's skip ahead here. We're not going to go through every single game now. But I do want to hear – let's uh, – Let's get everybody a chance here to, to let's hear your final four picks and who you've got winning it all before we, we get into some more generic questions, but let's uh, let's start with you, Nate, who you got in your final four. So my final four, I'm boring, but I think come March, you know, the cream rises from the crop and just based on the matchups, um, I got Gonzaga in the West, Alabama in the East, Baylor in the South and Illinois in the Midwest. Um, I have Gonzaga um, beating Iowa. You know, in that matchup, I think uh, Gonzaga, the way they move the ball and um, they have experience combined with just talent and subs. And I mean, everybody's talented. Kispert will be a top 10 pick, first team All-American. Um, they're, they're, they're just a great team. Um, in the East, I got Bama beating Michigan. I mean, Michigan, I think they'll make it to the lead eight. But um, with Livers out, I, I just think guard play that Bama has and they just score so many points. And they're, it's, they're, they're just riding momentum. And I know they haven't been there before in this way. They've always been a football school. Um, but I think it's just like this first time, there's just so much excitement um, that they're just going to ride that momentum all the way. Baylor, then again, guard play, as Brett alluded to it, guard play is so important in March, and Baylor has so much experience too. I don't think they play – they may play one person that's younger than a junior. It's, it, it's crazy the experience they have and how long guys have been around. Scott Drew's heck of a coach. I love the Bears. Um, and then, yeah, Illinois in the Midwest, solid team inside and out. Um, and then I got Baylor and Zags in the, champ- in the championship with Baylor winning it. I think uh, the experience that they have, 
schedule that they played in the Big 12. They're battle-tested. They got a loss out just recently to Okie State, and that um, just reignited their fire to, for their, uh, their seniors um, to really carry them all the way to the final and to the championship. I love it. What do you got there, Ryan? I got in the West, I got Iowa. I think uh, Gonzaga runs into a, a tough matchup with uh, Luca Garza. Um, I think they get a little beat up. I got Iowa East. I got, well, I had Michigan and I thought about it for a second. And I think uh, I, I'm, I'm on the same page with Nate here. Um, Bama. I'm going to switch it to Bama. Then I got in the South. Uh, Baylor also have them winning it all. I think like Nate alluded to, they got the most experience. The guard play is amazing. Vital is a beast. It'll tear you apart. Um, then I got in the Midwest, Illinois. They're hot too, but I got, I got Bama beating Illinois and I had Iowa, Michigan and Michigan in the final, but I think I'm going to stick with Bama and Bama is going to play uh, Baylor in the final. I got Baylor. Well, interesting little little uh, matchup there. I, I that would be a really really fun natty if that if that's what it came out to be. Bama. Baylor. Yeah, it would. What do you got there, Brett? Yes, yeah, my final four. I got Iowa. Um, I think that team is offensively just amazing. Um, I got Alabama. Another. You're gonna you're gonna hear a trend here. It's offense for me. Uh, Alabama. He likes the points. Nate Oates. I, I love Nate Oates as a coach. Probably my favorite coach in the country. Um, and I got them beating Iowa to play in the championship game. And then a little different pick here. I got Arkansas. Wow. Like I said, points. They can score it with anyone. And then uh, Illinois. And then Illinois beating Arkansas and Illinois as our national champion. I think I would assume it was best player in the country. Kofi Coburn modern day Shaq. And then they got Corbello, Adam Miller, and Tim Frazier is three fantastic supporting cast members that I just think they'll get it done. You got Illinois over Iowa or Bama? Bama. Okay. So we've got two picks in for Bama in the, in the finals. Uh, I've, you guys are really scaring me because I will say, so I've got, I've got the Zags coming out of uh, the West. I, I know you guys have been talking about how they haven't been battle tested playing out there and uh, in their conference, but they are the number one team in the nation for a reason. They haven't lost all year. Uh, I just, I don't see anybody in that region really getting it done. I was a little scary, but I, I think Gonzaga has the horses to be able to, to keep up with even if Garza goes out there and chops 30 on them. So I've got the Zags coming out of the West. You guys really, really scare me having three picks in for Bama coming out of the East. It really makes me want to want to take Texas now, but <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with, I'm going to stick with Bama. I'll, I'll stick with what I got coming in, but the, that team's rolling. It really makes me mad as a Tennessee fan. Um, I don't want to see Bama win the natty in football and basketball. That would just absolutely kill me. But that team's, that team is really, really freaking good. Uh, they can shoot. Not only can they shoot, like I said earlier, number one in, in the uh, Ken Palm defense ranking. That is absurd if you can score and defend like that. So I'm going to I'm gonna have Bama coming out of the east. In the south, I've got Baylor. 
I, I don't really think anybody tests them. I, I think their hardest test might actually be in that the winner of that North Carolina Wisconsin game in the second round. And I think after that, they might be able to cruise pretty much. Ohio State's good. I don't think they're anywhere close enough to being able to stick with Baylor. And then I've got Illinois coming out of the Midwest. That team is on absolute fire. I've loved them the entire season. I've got Illinois versus the Zags in the championship game. And I have Gonzaga winning it all, capping off an undefeated season. Fun fact, the last time that we had an undefeated champion was, I believe the year was 1976. And you want to know what also happened that year? It was the last time that Duke and Kentucky both missed the tournament. Dang. That was one of of Bob Knight's teams, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. Indiana? Yeah. Bobby Knight. Isaiah Thomas on the team then? Was he on the team then? I think he went to Indiana. He did go to Indiana. Uh, He might been. Yeah. Not not positive on that one, but there's there's a little historical nugget that I'm going to ride. Uh, I know it has absolutely really nothing to do with what happens in March, but I love, I love finding little nuggets like that in, in riding with the history. So it, it could be a really weird coincidence. So we're going to ride with the Zags to win it all. And I'm going to take, take the chalk of the number one overall seed, getting it done. So moving on to now that we've got those out of the way, I, I do want to get your guys' thoughts on first off, who is your top seed? Let's go the one or two seed that you are most afraid of not making it to the sweet 16. Give me Michigan. Uh, they could run into a tough draw with um, with North Carolina. No, that's Baylor. Um, sorry, hold on. LSU. Pulling up, LSU. Pulling up my notes again. LSU. That's who it was. Uh, yeah, Cam Thomas. I said this earlier. A great freshman scoring guard. Um, I really hope I'm wrong here because I like Michigan a lot, but I'm not. Th- I'm not to go with Michigan. I'm going Houston. Houston will either catch a Clemson team that uh, beat Bama by five or catch a team that lost to Virginia by 35. So <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen, um, but I got Houston. Yeah, I, I agree on those two picks, the possibilities. I mean, when you look at these, you just look at the matchups. I mean, another tough potential matchup, Baylor, North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina, they got so many big fellas that if, if Baylor has an off-night shooting, North Carolina is able to control it. You know, just look at matchup style of play. It's so different. I, Baylor's my national champion. But when you just look at strictly matchups, two styles of play that are so different, that's where you can just, you know, anything can happen in March. But um, I agree. I, I think Houston may get out of the second round, but I, I West Virginia will beat him in the Sweet 16. I, I, so I'm with you there, Ryan. I, Houston, I could see it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, my pick, final pick is Michigan. I just think uh, Livers, um, even I, I haven't heard of status. I don't know if even if he is able to be back, um, but obviously he's not going to be a hundred percent, even if he is. Um, but uh, yeah, LSU riding momentum. Um, Cam Thomas stud. I got uh, if any of them would be that LSU over Michigan. They're in the uh, round of thirty-two. Yeah, he's indefinitely out with that with that foot stress fracture. Um, so no one knows when he's going to come back. I, I'm with. You and Brett on that one, I, I think Michigan is the one that scares me the most. Like I said, they're the weakest number one because of Livers being out. Um, and that LSU matchup is just god-awful in the second round. I, I've got Michigan making it to my Elite Eight, and I'm going to be sweating bullets when that game comes to tip off because he, when, he really would not shock me one bit if LSU found the way to knock him off uh, early on. I, I think – like you were saying with the UNC Baylor one, that one's that one's a scary matchup in the second round. Um, I mean, 
one that I know I just said Gonzaga is my national champion. And if Missouri gets past uh, Oklahoma, Missouri beat Illinois earlier in the year. That, that's a team that can get it done. Um, who knows when they go up against a, a tough team, it, what happens in, you know, Kwanzo Martin's a good coach. So there's one you look at the Illinois stretch. Honestly, the ones have brutal eight, nine matchups. And I think that that's a theme that I'm going to look at of it's like, are they going to get out of the second round? If they do, they're probably going to the elite eight, if not final four, but every one of those times, every one of those eight, nine matchups could be absolutely awful for them uh, in really, in really sweat, uh, sweat type of games. But so I'll, I'll stick with Michigan as my, you know, top seed that I think is most likely to get knocked out. And Houston's uh, an intriguing pick down there as well uh, with you, Ryan. I Maybe that's really kind of where I look at it. Houston, uh, Michigan with Michigan being my most worrisome uh, looking at it of another topic top team outside the top four that you guys think has the best chance of making a legit run. And I'm talking elite eight final four type of run. It doesn't have to be, a, it doesn't have to be your uh, loyal Chicago 11 seed or whatever they were a few years ago, but somebody outside the top four, if they make it deep, it's going to, it's going to really bust some brackets. Uh, yeah. Give me, give me UConn uh, again, guard play. They got a great one. James Buchnight. Um, I think it's a well-coached team. Played well when Buchnight's in the floor. Um, give me them. I could see Texas Tech making a sneaky run at six, for sure. That's a dangerous spot for them to be lurking at a six. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's a good matchup with with Arkansas. Um, their defense is the one of the best in the country. They're they shut down West Virginia multiple times. Sadly, um, I, I, I see them potentially making a deep run. Yeah, I mean, I got – I'm – we're going to give the Pac-12 some love. I'm going to USC. Um, USC, I mean, Kansas, they've been up and I, – I know we talked – Pac-12 has been strong. Obviously, yeah. Big Ten has been strong. But Big Big 12, I mean, with KU, if USC can get past KU, um, led by, you know, USC with Evan Mobley, I mean, I, I just think that they could go on a run, um, especially Iowa. You know, we're playing the ifs and buts game here. But, you know, when you rely on a big man so heavily and Iowa does in Garza, um, it just takes one game in foul trouble, you know, for him to be out. They can spread the floor more and uh, Mobley can, you know, go, do some damage. And so um, I like USC at least making it to the uh, Elite Eight. Man, that that's sweet. That would be a killer big man matchup of uh, Mobley and, and Garza one on, uh, facing each other. That would be a lot of fun to watch in March. Um, I love that pick there, Brett. Absolutely love UConn. I think – Cause you got, you're going to have them facing Bama in the second round. And clearly we all love Bama pick them to go to the final four. But if there's a team that could trip up Bama early in the first, I think two rounds, it's that team. I don't, I don't see it happening in the sweet 16. So it's really that second round matchup against a potential UConn team. Assuming they get past Maryland. And then from there, it's, it's like smooth sailing for them to kind of get into it because then they're going to be facing whoever comes out of the top. And I've already said, I don't like Michigan that much. So I could see, I could see UConn making the deep run. Um, the Texas Tech one is really interesting there, Ryan. I, I think it's a sneaky one. You went, I'm going to give UNC some love again. I think if they can get past Baylor, they've got a chance to make it Elite Eight type of run and, and face an Ohio State or an Arkansas, most likely in, in the uh, Elite Eight going 
a potential chance at a final four run if uh, Roy Williams can really get his boys rolling. So that those are kind of the teams I'm looking at. Um, what uh, let's throw an oddball curveball. I don't think of uh, I gave you guys much of a time to prepare, but let's see if you can think fast on your feet. Give me your favorite double digit seed to make it to the Sweet 16. Double digit seed. Double digit seed to make it to the Sweet 16. Yeah, give me Sparty. Give me Sparty. I, th- I know they got to ha- get their first four game. I think their first four game against UCLA could be more difficult than their first round game, you know, round 64 game against BYU. And then if they get past that, I know Shaka Smart. You know, we got their Bill face text. I know Shaka Smart. He has his March Madness, March Magic, you know, in the past with VCU. But um, I, I, you know, I, I like Sparty making it out of the first weekend in the Sweet 16 from the first four. You know, the, not, they wouldn't be the first team. Um, I, I remember in Tennessee did it a few years back. A, you get an upset in front of you. I mean, not saying Abilene Christian's going to beat Texas, but I mean, if you get an upset, you might have a, a 14-11 matchup in the second round, and then you're really looking at an easy road for them to get in there. So, because that's that's how Tennessee did it. They, they won their first four. They beat whoever they were in the six, and then Mercer knocked off Duke that year, and then Tennessee had an easy path beating Mercer in the, in the round of 32. So, right. I could – that's a that's a really likely uh, uh, opportunity there. I like that. Give me Syracuse at eleven. Um, they have a coach who's been there before. Um, they're gonna have a tough road to get there. San Diego State first round, probably West Virginia second round. But uh, actually, yeah, I get I could I could see it happening if they get hot. Syracuse could go a long way. How good is Purdue? They're good. They were they were playing their best ball of the year at the end of the year. I know they they got down big to Ohio State in the in the Big Ten championship in the semis there, but they were playing their best ball at the end of the year. I was gonna say Winthrop, but that's outlandish. I would probably go with Ohio. Man, Ryan, you stole my pick there. Um, that that's where I was gonna go too. I the last time Ohio was in the tournament, they made it the Sweet Sixteen. I think they were a thirteen seed that year as well. Uh, I. I see him getting past Virginia and then it's getting past Creighton. And I know you two know it as best as good as anybody. Creighton's a really up and down team. There's a lot of teams that are really inconsistent in this tournament, which makes this a really, really hard year to pick. But uh, I could see Ohio making it to, to the sweet 16 in, in the 13. Yeah. I absolutely hate to say it too, but being a Creighton fan, I could even see that we, we are not a sweet 16 team. Traditionally uh, we've choked in the past, uh, must be that Nebraska water because Nebraska football does the same stuff. Uh, yeah, I could see Jason Preston leading them to the Sweet 16 as well. I hate to say it. Yeah, especially with all the junk surrounding, you know, the Creighton basketball program with the just unfortunate comments that Coach Mack made. Um, you know, that, 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 yeah, we've had a lot of teams have COVID issues, but this is just a separate issue that is unprecedented. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that could throw them off. Just give another advantage of, uh, Ohio advancing. The only other one I, I'd give a nod to, and this is only if they pull off the monumental first round upset, and that's Colgate, um, because they would get the winner of the Florida Virginia Tech, or actually, no, never mind, that'll be the Ohio. State. They would get Texas Tech, yeah, yeah, they get Texas Tech, Utah State. Never mind, I was looking at my bracket wrong. So, yeah, I, I'd think I think Ohio is my best opportunity for a double digit seed getting to the uh, the second round there. All righty. Um, that, that pretty much covers all the questions that I had prepared for you guys. Uh, what do you guys 
You guys have any uh, last Im- impressionable thoughts here before we get out of here tonight? Colorado, sneaky Colorado. I can see it over Florida State. A nice 5-4 upset in the second round that I don't think a lot of people would be calling. So you're, you're liking the buffs in that game. I think they're pretty tough. Florida State's long, athletic, lanky, but. I'm with you, Ryan. I like, I like the Pac-12. Everybody, though, people only know the Pac-12 for Bill Walton and the stupid stuff he says at midnight when everybody's fast asleep. You know, like um, not many people actually pay attention to the basketball, but they got some good teams out there. Um, like I said, USC is my pick to potentially make a run in Colorado as well. Um, yeah, I like that pick, Ryan. Yeah, I'm just excited to watch some basketball, man. We didn't have the tournament last year, so I think I can speak for the whole the whole group here that this next three, four weeks is just going to be amazing. Watch some of these Cinderella teams, maybe some teams we didn't talk about too much, make a run. Uh just have this, have all this great energy, and just after this hard year, just watch some amazing college sports. My fingers are crossed that we get no, no COVID problems, especially once we get in there. Um, we just really, really hope that we don't see anybody season end that way. Um, I'm really excited to see where a lot of these teams are. I, I, I like. I like a lot of teams outside the top two, like just because they're so inconsistent, but. They're teams that they have the firepower. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to be a homer. I Tennessee's got absolutely crazy athletes. If we can get Fulkerson back, I think we can can make a run. I think West Virginia is a team that can make a run. Um, there's just there's so many big names and high seeds that I look at it and I'm like, you've you've got a chance to win two or three games in March. So um I think that the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, are going to be really, really successful on the on the first weekend. I, I like a lot of those teams to win. If you're if you're stuck, kind of conference, you know, who, who played the harder route? Like Nate said, I think it's a really smart way to go about it. Um, there's there's really no good way to fill out a bracket, but I will tell you, if there's one thing, it has nothing to do with mascots. Hear that? <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with mascots. Hear that? I got. That the Big Ten Big Twelve matchup uh, between Oklahoma State and Illinois would be awesome to watch to see Kate Cunningham go up against Io. However you pronounce his whole name, Io Desamu. Yes, would be awesome to watch. But um, another one would be Texas Bama. I could see Texas pulling that off. I don't know. There's going to be so many games. Um, that we will have no idea what's going to happen. And I'm just excited to see it all play out. Love it. Yeah. Thanks for having us on Kylie. Appreciate uh, the time and discussing this with you fine gents and uh, yeah. Don't underestimate the power of sister Jean. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Sister Jean spirit still living on Uh, anything. You got any last words there, Brett? Nope, ready to watch some basketball. March Madness, baby. Yep, start your uh, start your TVs on Thursday. You got the first four. Move into the opening rounds on Friday, Saturday, all day long. Sunday, Monday is going to be your second round. Then you're going to look at the Sweet 16 being the following Thursday, Friday, or following Friday, Saturday, um, and then Sunday, Monday for the Elite Eight. And then you're going to have your Final Four on that last weekend, like normal, on a Saturday, uh, April 3rd, and then the championship being on Monday, April 5th. 
once again, we'll never understand why we have a uh, college championship on a Monday night, but that's for a podcast at a later time, boys. So I will let you guys and let all of our listeners get out of here. Thank you for coming on and uh, best of luck on your brackets. Everybody fill out our bracket. We will be posting a bracket challenge on all of our social medias. Feel free to join. See if you can best me, Brett, Ryan, Nate, Obviously, Joe will be filling out a bracket, our normal co-host who couldn't make it on tonight. Um, see if you could beat anybody, and we might even might even have something for, for the best uh, bracket out there. So good luck to you guys, and uh, stay, stay safe, boys. Stay positive, yeah. test negative. John Rothstein. See you, boys. See ya.